Welcome to the Inglorious Blasters Podcast, a Star Wars Legion podcast talking anything and everything glorious or inglorious about the game. My name is Corey, and with me today is John and Brendan. How's it going, my rust buckets? It's going good. Rust buckets? I could tell by Brendan's silence he loves this one. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, not so much. I, I haven't had to replace any joints yet. I, I'm, I'm not a rust bucket. Okay, gotcha. Uh, do you prefer this or Moof Milker? <laughs> oh, um, you know, I, Moof Milker feels a little bit more insulty. <laughs> okay, all right, I'll, I have I'll asked, keep that in my back pocket. I have asked a number of people if they have heard of Moof Milker throughout the last couple weeks since that was brought up during our last, and I was like, have you ever heard this term? Not a single person's heard of it. Well, I guarantee you it's in Star Wars, so. <laughs> I think we're just in the wrong time era, so, like, we just need to fast forward or go backwards, whichever one. Long time ago. There you go. Far, far away, you know. That, far, that far deal. away. That whole deal. You know, we've watched Star Wars, clearly. <laughs> Alrighty, so today on the podcast, we're going to go over some Shadow Collective meta and what we think of it. Maybe some counters, stuff like that. And then we're going to have our Glorious versus Inglorious segment, where we're going to talk about the overweight glob of grease known as R2-D2. Uh, John is going to try and convince me that he's glorious, and then Brendan's going to try and convince me that he is inglorious. Stick around. Should be a good one. So, boys, what do we think about Shadow Collective and their introduction into the game? Uh, we've had at least two tournaments where they've shown up, Lone Star and Gen Con. And they're they're everywhere. Uh, we're seeing a lot of pikes, uh, like pike gunline stuff. We're seeing a lot of black suns, with or without a bus. And then Maul is definitely showing up. Uh, so yeah, what have been your experiences so far? Uh, let's start with Brendan. How about that? I haven't played against anything Shadow Collective yet, but uh, just looking at all the lists and everything, definitely they they are popular which I can completely understand why. A, they look cool. And B, uh, free tokens are nice. Uh, I don't know what that's free like. Free tokens are extremely nice. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that's like aside from, uh, you know, dodges and reliable two on Vader. But, um, you know, it's it's amazing to, to see a new faction come right out the the gate and be doing well against the existing factions with comparatively so little um you know so i i love seeing that uh whether or not the reason they're doing well is because they're actually a good faction or it's just a lot of good players have decided to play them so they already really understand the game and they're just using that to their advantage i'm not sure um i think Part of the reason that they might be doing pretty well is you don't have order control, so you just kind of wing it. And if you don't care about order control, you just go with it. It's like the complete opposite of CIS. It, it feels like it's a more of a benefit because most of the time, currently with the stuff that's out for specifically Shadow Collective, that you don't really care about order control because you're probably going to put an order on Maul uh, or Gar. Uh, if you're running him, mm -hmm. uh, or maybe a bounty hunter, right? Like those are your most important pieces. You don't really care when the pikes or the black suns go. 
So that's just a big benefit most of the time. And a lot of these lists might just be core and commanders. I mean, so your your bag's almost a 50-50 shot if you actually give out no orders. Uh, and if you're bringing buses, maybe you're putting orders on the buses and the rest you just don't care about. Right, exactly. I, I feel like it's order control without having order control, uh, like yeah. on the board physically. Uh, it feels like cheating. That's what it feels like. <laughs> it, it, it feels like how I want improvised orders to feel, but better. Right. And <laughs> <laughs> without having to pay five points for it and get a bunch of dollars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I nice. mean, there, there seem to be a lot of different ways to play them, whether you're doing a lot of pikes, you're doing a lot of Black Sun, a bit of both, the bounty hunters, mall, no mall, gar, no gar. Buses, no buses. I the only thing I'm not seeing is a lot of Mandalorians, and Mandalorians are really cool. We all know it, but they're a lot of points in a faction that you know you don't have order control. So if you start bringing too many Mandalorians, you're going to either give them orders or not, and hope they don't get shot and die because. Red defense dice are sometimes a little fickle, and that's a lot of points for not a lot of a unit. They're expensive wounds, right? Even taking one wound is kind of punishing on them. So I agree. We haven't been seeing a lot of those. I'm hoping somebody figures it out, but I don't know. Just like we yeah. don't see a lot of Mandalorian resistance with Rebels. True. Yeah, I think that's the challenge when you have any really expensive single wound model. It's extra punishing when you fail a roll because when you only have, you know, usually the unit is four. Um, as soon as you lose one or two models, you've pretty much lost the punch that you really need from those larger dice pools of having the full unit. So it just feels really bad when you lose one or two models. Um, and when they cost 100 plus points, it's not as... Uh, okay is when you lose a cheaper cheaper when you have a cheaper unit and you lose a couple models and you're like all right it's fine like i can move them back they'll just pad my activations when you spend 100 plus points you want that unit to do something and affect the game in some way so it feels really bad to then have to retreat them to save that activation and not give your opponent those kill points when you spent that many points on the unit right um, i agree yeah. But as far as Shadow Collective goes, I think you guys kind of hit on it. Like, the entire army almost feels timing neutral. Um, like, when you're running Maul, you always have an order on Maul, and then everything else is fairly timing neutral. I mean, you kind of want the Capos to go first so that they can aid and get aims to your um, pikes or dodge them up, like the ones that are in your front line. But uh, if you don't, it's not terrible because, you know, turn one, you're setting up the dodges and then they hold on to the dodges from vigilance and then they get more dodges and so whether they have two or three either way you're going to have to chew through usually four to five wounds between heavy cover and then the multiple dodges before you even have them rolling dice and then once you hit them a second time now their danger sense is charged up so it's a uh, the, the biggest thing is having a large dice pool um and not every uh every faction has access to i mean for me clones seem to do a little bit better because you can set up fire supports and roll you know 
18 or 20 dice combining Z6s or other things that you're setting up. Um, but for other factions where fire support isn't like part of their faction identity where you're rolling smaller dice pools, you're kind of, you go to, you go to make that throw and it's like, well, I have six or seven dice. And even if six of them hit for say, um, if four or five of them are going to immediately go to wet, go away between heavy cover and dodges and they're rolling one or two saves plus danger sense, you almost feel like they're invincible in some regard. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, it feels bad to shoot them. I think if you're going to shoot at them, you have to shoot at the same one repeatedly until it dies. Uh, if you don't have any source of high velocity, uh, that's probably the way to go if you want to kill them. Uh, it still doesn't feel great to shoot at them in, in my limited experience. So John and I recently played a game where he played his Republic, and he had like a 10-act Yoda list with some pikes. And I was playing some... AAT, uh, Bosk, and I also added some pikes because I was trying to figure out if I could add them in, but they didn't really do much. Uh, the, <laughs> the AAT got a great shot off on the pikes. They were all dodged up. Uh, it was a full squad. I got like seven hits through heavy, which got knocked down to five. I think you made like one save or, or no save. I don't remember, but I, it just left the, like the unit leader. So I was like, yeah, high velocity tank is like probably the way to go. <laughs> um, in the long run, I would love to try using AAT or two against the Pike spam list. I don't know how it's going to do because, like, they still have Maul on the other end. And then let's pretend they, you know, if they save, make the save, like, like a wild swingy save, then my AAT effectively did nothing that round. So that feels kind of bad. So I'm trying to, like... People have been saying AATs are good against pikes. Uh, generally, yes, but if like if it's a whole pike spam, I don't know yet. I need to I need to get some reps in against like a pike spam list. Yeah, well, I mean, if it is a pike spam list, I mean, at best they're a total of impact six at range four because of each squad. Yeah, that was my other thought too. Yeah, but it's I gonna mean, be it's gonna be punishing on the on the return fire too. Yeah, so. and you hope they don't also roll some crits there. Uh, you you hope your red dice are good for the defense for the tank. I mean, luckily you can find the room to bring a lot of repair bots. Right. Uh, if you bring two tanks, that becomes a little harder, uh, as well as having a uh, answer in case Maul gets up in your grill. Yeah, exactly. So that's where I'm like struggling. If I want to specifically counter. Um, pike spam with droids uh, like separatists because they mainly just have the aat and if you want to bring your own maul or dooku like i think those are the best options right now but other than that i i don't know they're they're difficult i gotta think about it pretty much have to commit to focusing on a unit or two because if you try to start spreading your fire it's almost like all those shots are useless so it's almost like you have to think of it as the first shot it's not gonna potentially kill any models but at least it'll strip the dodges so that the next shot you're just dealing with the cover and not not the combo of the cover and the dodges having not played against pikes yet just you know as the empire guy you know most of my lists have a good bit of critical in them and critical is useless against the pikes (laughs) yes it's very annoying (laughs) 
<laughs> like my my magnas, which which were great at range four, uh, because it, you know they have critical yeah. one. It's like hell it yeah, I'm gonna shoot launcher. and get a crit through. I'm gonna get a crit through, uh, and it's gone. Okay, great. At, at this point, the only answers are high velocity. The best high velocity is definitely the AAT because it has yeah. the biggest die pool. Next best answer, but it's a lot more points, is a lot of high velocity in Empire with sniper rifles. Right, exactly. I, which is why I'm. That's that's ultimately what I'm getting at. I think you need multiple sources of high velocity, not just one big gun. That's my initial thought, but obviously I need to play some more. Um, play against like a, a proper pike spam. Yeah. Now I'm wondering with the AAT method though, if you bring two, don't put high velocity rounds on them and just barrage every turn to get you know two shots out with the the main cannon if you can get so i have to look it up again but i'm pretty sure the the generic math says you should do barrage if you can get them out in the open because the second shot will get them uh, light cover but if they have light cover already or heavy i'm pretty sure you're supposed to use the uh, what is it? The arsenal shot, the the main cannon, and then high energy shells. Yeah. So, it's it's tricky. Like, I think you're not wrong, but I just don't want to go through cover twice. Like, but, it, yeah, right. But maybe that's the thing. And then I, if you shoot them twice, you're you're also charging their danger sense. <laughs> so, yeah. Does barrage have know. to be against the same unit? It does not. No. Okay. So you could also just treat it as like a high velocity gunslinger and. It's true. Start handing out suppression to the pikes. Ooh, maybe, maybe you can hand out suppression via Lockdurd. Remember that guy? <laughs> uh, I know he's a car. No, it even charges it up quicker. <laughs> oh man! Oh yeah, he okay. does give suppressive. That he's that's the the danger sense thing catches you off guard. Even the a game I played uh, at showcase earlier this week. I had gotten the pikes down to a single model in the one unit, and I'm like, oh, nice, sorry. I can pop this bark up, throw four die, hit with maybe two or three. He's going to roll one save because they were in the open. Um, And then I just completely forgot because I had not shot the unit in a couple rounds that you can just hold on to your suppression tokens with danger sense. So I took the shot. I'm like, nice, all right, above average, three out of four hits. This thing's dead. One went away because they were in light cover from the suppression tokens that I didn't even check to see if they were there. I just assumed they were gone. And then uh, rolled four saves um, because of danger sense, too, and just negated the attack completely. And I was like, what the heck? Like, I, I flew this bark right out into the open thinking, this is a good trade. Then I'll be up on points. Because when you fly into, you know, six full units of pikes... And they're gonna throw like forty dice back at you. It's it, the, you need to trade up, right? So I'm like, right. all right, single wound mod. Like you could smell, you know, the kill. And I come flying over this building, and it completely shrugs it off. And then all of its buddies, like, just like massacre the single. Just, just ruined your yeah, dreams. Yeah, the single bark <laughs> that was like doing a kamikaze um, ended up not accomplishing anything, basically. Um, but that goes back to the, you know when you have a four die pool and you have a unit that is going to be in heavier light cover plus danger sense plus potentially dodges you might as well almost not even take the shot unless the idea is 
I'm going to strip the dodges with this shot and then immediately follow up with another shot. So there's a lot more uh, planning involved in that situation. Right. Agreed. Yeah. So based on this whole conversation, I, I mean, the answers are high velocity or my personal favorite way of uh, playing melee. Just get in there. Sure, they still have dodges, but cover's gone. <laughs> they, if they have any suppression, danger sense is there. <laughs> yeah, which but, but is still, unfortunately yeah. a side effect of dewbacks. But yeah. dewbacks, if you've got tenacity on them, are throwing seven dice in melee, which is pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, it seems seems good to me. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> All right, so, so you're telling me, Brendan, it's Vader, Lat, double dewback. Get in there. Uh, or Vader triple do back or a list I do want to try at some point that I haven't tried yet. I came up with a double lat double IRG triple do back list that looks really fun and it's still 10 X. So that's insane. <laughs> I need to lend you my other lat so you can actually do this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Better I'll just play on TTS, but yeah, either way. <laughs> Alrighty, so I think uh, I think that's a good um, what do you call it? A good intro to the Shadow Collective meta. What you're gonna see, uh, some of our quick thoughts there. So how about we move on over to the R2D2 Glorious versus Inglorious segment? For those of you that don't know, this segment is all about two people having opposing sides of a a unit. So this week we're talking about R2D2. Is he glorious or inglorious? Basically, uh, is he good or is he bad? John's got glorious. Brendan's got Inglorious, and then I am the definitely impartial judge. Definitely uh, impartial. Down with this rust bucket. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to hit his unit card? Brendan, you're your you are our resident uh, unit card expert. The only one that can read. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Which helps if you want to play this game. You should be able to read. Yeah. Reading comprehension is probably good for this game. There's a lot of judge calls involved if you can't read. And yet to- yeah. <laughs> So, uh, R2-D2. Um, so, one thing to note about R2 before we get into his unit card, he can be in two different factions. He can be in either the Rebellion or the Republic. Um, he is an operative. He is 55 points. He has four health and two courage and is a droid trooper. White defense dice... He surges to attack and surges to defense. He's speed one. He has a electroshock attack, which is melee to range one with three white dice. That is suppressive. He's got an action to repair two, capacity two. He has secret mission, which is a free action. Once per game, if you are within an enemy deployment zone, place one victory token on you. At the end of the game, if you have a victory token, gain that token. Uh, So he has to be alive to score that, just to to clarify. Grounded. You cannot climb or clamber. And inconspicuous. When an enemy unit performs an attack, if you have at least one suppression token, it must attack another unit if able. During your rally step, you may choose not to remove your suppression tokens. He also has a comms upgrade slot, and he can take a counterpart. The counterpart is C-3PO. C-3PO adds two wounds to the unit, and he has the action Calculate Odds. 
choose a friendly trooper unit at range one and in line of sight. It gains one aim, one dodge, and one suppression token. It's got a free action distract. Choose an enemy trooper unit at range one to two and in line of sight. Until the end of the round, you lose inconspicuous. And when that unit performs an attack, it must attack you if able. And he can only be added to R2-D2 for 15 points. He also has an attack, one white die, that's only good in melee, his clumsy kick. Alrighty. Uh, I want to hear from Glorious first. John, how about you go first? Thank you, Corey. I will start by <laughs> saying... <laughs> This is going to go great. I can't wait. <laughs> now I lost my train of thought. I'm not sure. I was setting up a joke and I don't even know what it was. So I'll just I'll, I'll just transition. Joke. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll just transition right into my points. Uh, so, R2-D2. He is cheap, relatively speaking. 55 points. So, uh, he's not that much more expensive than your naked squads, but what you get out of him is something that influences the entire game um, with Secret Mission. He's a single model, typically, unless you're running him with C-3PO, which means he's very easy to hide, which is relative for Secret Mission. Uh, he has repair, a double repair, which is nice if you're doing like a double T-47 list. Um, which is probably the most competitive vehicle list in Rebels, where you would utilize him. Uh, his command cards are fairly decent. I particularly like Smokescreen with the Free Speed 1 move. You can set up a lot of interesting interactions that your opponents don't necessarily see coming, because it takes effect immediately. So they might be setting up, getting ready to play their command cards, measuring some things out, thinking you're beyond range 3, and then boom, you have one or two units that are all of a sudden in range 3, which I think we're primarily talking about the Rebel R2, um, but just a quick point in for Gar, people are so used to now kind of counterplaying fire supports, um, so similar to like Padme's aggressive negotiations, They'll be measuring it, and they're like, oh, okay, like, he's beyond range 3, he's obviously not setting up a fire support. And then you play that card, or in this case, you play Smokescreen, and boom, your your clone trooper unit that was just out of range 3 is all of a sudden in range 3 and has a face-up, and you're going to get a fire support, you know, that you didn't necessarily see coming. Um, so that's really handy um, with Smokescreen to be able to move around, you know, because it, it can be anything, and you can throw a comms relay on R2, because it's R2 and one trooper, and potentially get two troopers doing that. Um, so you can get your Jedi, I mean, all kinds of things. If you think about, like, the threat range of a Jedi being, you know, the double speed two, so just, just shy of range two, and somebody's measuring that thinking they're not going to get charged, and then boom, they're automatically in threat range. So there's a lot of, like, cool, sneaky things that that card allows you to do. Um, but the biggest thing is obviously secret mission. Um, and if you're building a blue player deck um, where you can kind of influence some of the objectives because secret mission has higher value, the less victory points that are that are up for grabs, or in objective games uh, like Vaporators where it's usually a tie 4-4, um, and he's you know the factor that pushes you over regardless of kill points. So for 
a 55 point unit to have that amount of influence on the game whether you scored or not but just the fact that the threat is there oftentimes that is enough to influence you know a lot of your opponent's decisions because if you end up on long edge deployments and you deploy r2 last and you guys are both like basically piling up your forces opposing one another another and then all of a sudden r2 is on the other side of the board it's like almost in certain games a uh a turn zero win in some regards not that the game is impossible to come back from but you've really got an uphill battle if your opponent is just able to double move r2 the whole game and touchdown for that victory point so I think for 55 points to influence the game at that level with Secret Mission, and not saying you're going to score Secret Mission all the time, but just the, the threat value of it being there um, is well worth his his points cost. Um, and at the end of the day, I mean, even if you don't do any of that and you're just use, you just he ends up being activation padding and a single um, single model unit that can pretty much easily hide itself. Uh, it's not that much more than like a naked rebel trooper squad. Um, so there's a lot of value there, I think, for an extra 15 points or three points if you're talking about GAR phase ones. All right. Awesome. Thanks, John. Brendan, do you have any pushback or do you just want to get right into your points? I just want to get right into my points. All right. I like it. Okay. Inglorious. <laughs> Brendan, take it away. <laughs> so uh, first of all, R2-D2 is both an accessory to war crimes as well as <laughs> an accessory to terrorism. <laughs> All right? Go on. <laughs> he took Anakin to kill off the leadership of the Confederacy. And he also helped Luke destroy the Death Star. War crimes and terrorism. All right? Is this really the kind of person we want to be backing? So. on yeah, But in the game... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just didn't see that coming as a first point. <laughs> I usually have the completely irrelevant points. <laughs> I am offended that you took my shtick. <laughs> it's not looking good for you, John. <laughs> but in the game, R2 is nothing but a two-trick pony. And John already made my point for me. He's either just secret mission or just repairing. That's all he does. He doesn't do anything else. And I don't even know why I bothered mentioning C-3PO. Nobody brings him. Yeah, which is a shame, really quick. Giving out an aim and a dodge is not bad. Um, it's the but like, the I don't know if he's worth the extra points. Yeah. yeah. I think it, I think it's the 70-point cost. Like, when, when R2 was 45 and he was 15, I would take him in Garless. Because then, also that was right. also when you could token share. So... Yeah. R2 used 52 to be 55 a... points. <laughs> that tells you yeah. how broken of a unit he is as a two-trick pony. They had to up him by 20 points from 35 yeah. to 55. And you know who didn't get a points update? C-3PO, because nobody ever plays him. They didn't feel the need to even touch him. Yeah, real shame. <laughs> uh, anyways, continue, Brendan. <laughs> I mean... That's it. R2-D2. That's it? Ooh, okay. Yeah. There you it's, go. He's, he's either secret mission or repairing vehicles. You never see him do both because it's not possible. You know, okay. It, fair. It, that's fair. It's, I, it's what he does. It, 
it is interesting because when I started looking at points, like you're not really bringing up, you're not using him to attack anything. You know, he's not really like interacting with other units on your opponent's side necessarily. And if he is, you're probably, you know, getting overrun and probably going to lose the game anyway. But I mean, I just struggle to find anything that provides that much value for that low of points that has that level of influence on the objective based nature of Legion. I'll I will admit if you are using him as a secret mission, you're as the opponent, you have to deal with him uh, un- unless your whole goal is just to murder everything. Um, with, and I mean, I've only faced R2 a handful of times. And uh, in all but one of those games, uh, I murdered him with a vengeance. And uh, the only other game, he didn't score a secret mission. So, I mean, aside from the one game where I didn't kill him, every time I faced R2, he's been one shot. I mean, it's yeah. he's only got four health for 55 points. Which, yes, as John stated, he's... A little bit more expensive than the cheaper core options for those factions but you know for a unit that is inching across the battlefield trying to go somewhere and score he's not doing anything else <laughs> he's like a metal snail right. just so <laughs> slowly inching uh, and away. that repair isn't doing you any good if you're getting one shot <laughs> right absolutely <laughs> So I know I'm the judge, but I kind of want to hop in for a hot second. It just occurred to me now that R2-D2 is literally a 55-point guardian unit, meaning (laughs) he's going to take shots for you because he's going to maybe impact the game that much. He's not going to take shots. He might take a shot because once he's got that suppression, you can't shoot him anymore. Right. And you don't have to take it off. But you, you know what I'm getting at, though. Right? I know like, what you're saying. It, it's, like, miserable sometimes. It, it can be, uh, except for when you uh, feel real accomplishment by moving a, a squad a, a squad of stormtroopers into base contact with a land speeder and one-shot R2 punching it. But at the end of the day, <laughs> say, say you lose R2, it's not like... It's not typically, like, a situation where it's like, oh, you just took out my squad of, like mandalorians or a full arc squad you're just kind of like all right like he's you know he he could potentially did not die in vain like if if focus was being put on him so that he didn't you know skew the game in such a way that you won due to secret mission he still got his value for not that much more and he's got the same amount of wounds uh and save as like naked rebel troopers yeah i'll agree with that with the asterisks of if you kill R2 before he can heal any vehicles and you have a vehicle list, then that's real feels bad. I feel like you should hide behind your vehicle. Um, oh, right. Or at least hide behind some other stuff. So, like, if you get R2 killed in that way, that's kind of your fault. Yeah. If you're not placing R2 as far back from behind the vehicle as possible, unless it's, like, airspeeders, because they're going wherever. That one's a little harder to heal. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but like if we're talking saber tank, if he's not directly behind it or hiding behind a building near it in line of sight or whatever, you're playing R2 wrong. 
Um, All right. I, I, I'm I going to add one so more. So I'm going to bring up another point, I'm, I'm gonna, and I'm going to have John talk about this one, uh, and his one thoughts on it. Before that. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Go for it. All right. Also, the fact that uh, R2-D2 is behind a paywall, uh, you can only get him in either the crashed uh, escape pod or the upcoming Echo Base Battle Force. So you're either spending, you, you know, you're, you can't just get him in C-3PO. You know what? I'm writing that down as a as a pro for you because uh, I agree. <laughs> that uh, has no relevance. I hated, buying, bu- I hated buying that box. <laughs> that was that was a miserable experience. <laughs> Nobody's buying it for the escape pod scenario. Oh, oh, for sure. Everyone's gonna play that scenario. <laughs> it's interesting. The couple games where R two, like R two, whenever I've played him, he has not scored secret mission very often. But I've always felt that he influenced in su- the game in such a way that I got my points out of him. And the couple times he has scored Secret Mission, it's been like in a huge situation that pushed me over the top. Like a, a round three game where like one comes to mind where it was Breakthrough and we each had five units get to our, our opponent's deployments. And one of mine was R2. He scored Secret Mission and then the game ended 6-5. So... In that same scenario, I was probably going to lose because I was down on victory points, but we each had five scoring units, and it became 6-5 even though I had more units destroyed overall from a victory point standpoint. So there's been situations like that where he's made like a game-changing touchdown pass, if you will, of scoring that secret mission for me at not a huge points cost like it's not like he cost 100 points to do that and if he ends up just being an active a cheap activation it's also not like a huge deal at the end of the day i will say yes he he has the the potential to shift you know the 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 play of the game because of that uh, you know ability to score a point but i will say uh, going back to our shadow collective talk we're now seeing a new rise in bounty hunters. So now if you're up uh, against bounty hunters. You stole my hunters, thunder. Yeah, you yeah, you stole good. my thunder. I was going to be Corey. like, uh, all right, Brendan, talk about it first. So bounty and then John, hunters, think about a counterpoint. <laughs> if, you've, if you're up against R2-D2 and you have bounty hunters, you're putting a bounty token on R2. And 100%. then your bounty hunters going after it. And then your bounty hunters just ignoring everything else and running away with a bounty. <laughs> and now your point goes to your opponent. 100%. John. <laughs> yeah, I... I agree with that. And I do think that his stock has gone down a little bit with the amount of bounty hunters we have now and that are also forthcoming. Um, And I think in those situations, like if somebody has a bounty hunter, then I would just say, well, he's a little bit more expensive than my naked phase one or my naked rebel troopers. um, And he's just going to chill back here. I mean, you can still tap vaps with him. You could still hold your home kp with him like so there's there's things that you could do with him to still influence the game just like you'd use a naked squad for i think that's like so like i relatively speaking for lower points activations if you compare them to like a phase one in clones 52 versus 55 or rebel troopers 40 versus 55 if you put a naked phase one squad down or you put a naked rebel trooper squad down your opponent doesn't look over across the table and go, I need a plan to deal with that. Like, how am I, how am I going to get that naked squad? But if you put R2 down for three points more or 15 points more, 
to make your opponent think like, oh, God, like I have to deal with the trash can or it could bite me in the butt. That is worth 3 or 15 points, in my opinion, to influence the game at that, that level. And like I said, even if he doesn't score secret mission, even if he doesn't go for it because your opponent has bounty hunters, he can still just chill in the background um, and force a situation where it's like, okay, like if you want to get him, you're going to have to come into the heart of my army and I'm just going to kill your bounty hunter. Problem solved. Um, so I do think in those situations you have to play smart. <laughs> like you can't just like put him down in the center of the battlefield and go, "Well, I hope he makes it to the other side." <laughs> <laughs> Godspeed, sir. Yeah, yeah. There, there has to be thought involved. <laughs> um, All right. Okay, I've heard enough. I'm ready for my decision. <laughs> so. This is still not an easy one for me. I will give a quick thought and a story. Uh, at top eight at ACO, my opponent had a R2-D2 that was slowly creeping up on Long March. And he, I'm pretty sure, was going to make it. So I had to unfortunately use one of my power for, one of my power pieces, like a spider, in order to shoot it. And that felt really bad. <laughs> I one-shot him, but it still felt really bad I had to shoot that versus something else. And that is just super annoying. I think without Shadow Collective, I think he was glorious. I think with Shadow Collective and with a bunch of bounty hunters appearing now, I feel like his stock has gone way down, just like John described. I th- <laughs> um, it's, it's tough, but I have to say he's inglorious because I feel like he's going to do nothing. And even if you shoot him and one-shot him, like it's fine. You, you denied your opponent a point. It doesn't feel good, but we can't let him keep getting away with his war crimes. This has to stop. Inglorious. <laughs> Go to jail. Do not collect uh, $200. <laughs> I will say, you know, I, I obviously agree with Corey. I will say there's one scenario <laughs> where R2 remains glorious, and it's just one scenario. If your sole purpose in bringing him is to heal in the Republic... Because he he's got that four heals, right? You know, the yep. being able to bring back four health. The only other way you're doing that in Republic is spending seventy two points on clone engineers. So he is a discount for heals in the Republic faction. He he's an auto auto take if you're running a saber, in my opinion. Like yes, that's the one area where I, I, I think say he's glorious. Right, I agree. I think any armor, including like ISB, is that the name? Yeah, ISB. Yes. I still think you take R2 because, like, that would be a great heal. That would be good value. Yeah. That's the only scenario. I I agree in that one one tiny scenario that slightly matters. (laughs) Other than that, he's not doing much. No. Feels bad. Feels bad. This is rigged. (laughs) (laughs) It's all right, John. You'll get him next time. All of the (laughs) unirrelevant points and or models that have not released yet have a... (laughs) have influenced this argument there are three bounty hunters already out and they're all quite good they keep (laughs) showing up (laughs) that they do uh yeah it's it's tough but like it's hard to back a villain i mean what else can we say (laughs) i agree so i would like to say if you don't like our judgment uh want to give us some general smack talk you can uh you can send us a uh send us an email at sw inglorious blasters at gmail.com 
uh, tell us how we're wrong, and then maybe we'll give you a shout out on the podcast. We'll have to uh, have Brendan read it because if you recall, Corey and I cannot read. That's true. So if you're <laughs> trash talking us, I won't even know because I, you know, <laughs> you don't have the capacity to read. What are all these markings? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Also, feel free to join our Discord, where uh, you can you know, talk to all of us, um, and maybe Corey and John can read your messages. But um, you know, uh, you can find links to our Discord on our Facebook page as well as on our Podbean page. Yeah, uh, just come hang out, chat with us, talk some Legion, show off some hobby work, some smack talk. Maybe teach me how to read. (laughs) (laughs) If you are a tutor, your stock will go up in our book. (laughs) Uh, If you're unaware, we're on most popular podcasting apps now. So including Spotify, Apple, Google, and YouTube. So if you've only been listening to us on Podbean uh, and you would prefer something else, go ahead and uh, switch over. Maybe leave us a rating and review. Uh, That would really help us out. Definitely appreciate that. Also, if we're not on your favorite service, let us know and we'll try to figure out how to get there. We can't make the promise we'll get on there, but we'll, we'll try and figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> no promises. Alrighty. Uh, any final thoughts, John? Nope. I, have no I like thoughts. it. Brandon? <laughs> <laughs> no. Excellent. Uh, R2-D2, you monster. Uh, go away. Never come, never, never come back. alrighty stay glorious everyone I'm Corey I'm John I'm Brendan beep boop beep if you liked this episode and would like to interact with us please like our page on Facebook search for The Inglorious Blasters a Star Wars Legion podcast follow us on Instagram at SWL Inglorious Blasters subscribe to us on your preferred podcasting app Please give us a rating and maybe leave a review. It would really help us out. Stay glorious, everyone.